DJ Deja Vu FM We stand at the twilight of the human race Yes, yes We stand at the twilight of the human race We stand at the twilight of the human race Welcome one, welcome all. Sounds of the History of Jungle Show, it has been ages and ages. We are live here in Deja Vu FM HQ. Nice to be back. Today we've got a very, very special guest in the studio with us. We stand at the twilight. Not said that in years. Of the human race. We stand Literally. at the twilight. So tonight, today, we have Key Signed Records founder, Format FM founder, Friends FM founder, Mr. Mad B. Welcome, my friend.
Out to the Bocker, yes, fella. Out to the Richard Gad. Out to my studio boys. Out of that, into this. More forthcoming music. Sounds of the Deburban and the Jargonaut. This forthcoming blue skin badger.
this. Fans of the Polarity. This is the first release of a brand new label called Deep Bass 9. Add to the Heisen. And I think Test Presses just went up for this one. I'm not sure if the main release is out yet or not, but yeah, check this. I'll be playing the other side as well in a little bit. Due diligence. Yes, brother. 
Out of that and into this brand new, brand new Tom and Jerry. This one literally landed in the post this week. Absolute fire business. Out to the AKO family. Gonna drop one more and then bring in our special guest.
the jacks yes mate add to the woods an unusual guest for today post on the socials you see that today's special guest is exactly that special this is a guy that takes it way 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 back to the late 80s probably much further than back we're gonna get into that in just the sec but this is a guy responsible for format radio this is a guy responsible for friends fm keyside records chocolate city records a whole host of things so we're gonna get into that right now so welcome to the deja studios Roy, aka Mad B. It's a pleasure. Mate, it's a pleasure is all mine. As you know, I might have been onto you once or twice <laughs> over the last year or two to get you on here. Um, longer than that, actually, because then we were hit with the pandemic, right? So, um, so yeah, I think I... Yeah, probably about four years I've, I've been trying to get you in the studio. I will, will apologise for that. Mate, it's my, I'm sorry, mate. I'm a you know, dog with a bone sometimes. Um... But no, it is a pleasure to welcome you into the studios. And um, and also a massive shout out to Steve B um, of Rank Records as well for kind of making this happen. Um, I got I was getting on to him as well. Um, but anyway, over to you, mate. So let's take, I'd actually, like we were having a bit of a chat beforehand about, you know, some of the history. Some of it I know, some of it I don't. Um, but what I'm really interested in is taking this way back to you. So grew up in London? Yeah, grew up in London. Um, was originally born in South London, moved to East London when I was about two. Yeah. Um, uh, got in various bits of trouble, and obviously when I came home, I wanted to I wanted kind I wanted to change me as a person. Yeah. So that's what I did. I came home, started Friends Radio. I'd always been involved in music in one way or another, either as a DJ or a runner for Steve Froggy. So 
music was my thing. And um, and just when we were talking about, actually, this goes quite a way back than that because we, when we were talking, you said you won a competition about age thirteen. So I, right, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing this is before you got yeah. into any kind of trouble. Yeah, yeah, thing, I mean, I, I won a competition um, with a guy called Emperor Roscoe, yeah. a place called Orkiol, and I only went in for a, I only actually went into the competition for a joke. Oh no way! Um, okay. So I got in there for a joke, won the first heat. It won't go no further than that, and I ended up winning all the heats. Um, and then going on tour with him for Roscoe for about six months. Um, so what I was doing at weekends, it, I'd get picked up by them guys, go out, DJing in clubs, and I just kept growing and growing from that. And my love of music just it just went through the roof, to be honest with you. That's really interesting. Okay, what part of London you were uh, growing up in? I've, I've always grown up in um, East London, Leighton. In, in Leighton, yeah, okay. Leighton, Leighton Stone, Walthamstow, that was all my, that was all our manner as we called it, you know? So is that how you got kind of tied in with uh, people like Busy B, TDK? Because they, they were Leighton or Leighton yeah, Stone, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, as well. I'm, I'm going to tell you a weird story about TDK because, like, <laughs> do you know what? People need to kind of respect what he is yeah. as a producer, as an engineer. Um, TDK was one of a group of young kids that used to hang around downstairs in my flat. Okay, nice. They were yeah. younger than me. Yeah. And obviously I had my boy Jason. I was a single parent. I was going to work. Um, and what they used to do on a Sunday morning or sometimes on a Saturday morning, they'd come and grab him, they'd all go dance, they'd all, da all dance to hip hop. Nice. So my boy all breakers. Yeah, yeah. So nice. my boy got stuck with that little firm and was breaking when he was two, three years old. And then me and T teamed up again because he came on my station with friends and he was like, oh, Busy's got a studio because he knew I wanted to make music. Yeah. And Formula 7 was born from that. That's amazing. So with with Busy B, um, I was reading this. Is, this is only a few days ago, actually. Um, I think Swift and Zinc were part of, of that back then. Crowd, yeah, and he yeah, used yeah. to charge him four pounds an hour, I think it was, to use the studio. Was, uh, you know does, does that ring any bells? Do you know what I'm going to be? What he used to charge was really stupid money. But if you can respect what he was doing then, yeah, he just wanted to make music and bring people through. Yeah, and. If you look at Busy as the first step, we then became the second step. Yeah. So we, you know, Friends FM became the platform that you could come to and we promote you without, with no ears or graces, if you understand what yeah. I mean. Yeah. I think it's a really important thing and, and he continues to do that these days. You know, if you look at his YouTube channel, it's all about teaching people and, and trying to share that knowledge rather than be gatekeepers, which there are a lot of as well right there, right? There's, well, there's, I, a, lot, there's a lot of gatekeepers that don't want really to share anything. I think we'll get onto that <laughs> as, as, as we go forward. But let, let's keep it back there for a little bit. So you kind of got in the studio with, with Busy as well. Um, there was a lot of people going through that studio at the time, there wasn't there, I think? People, Swift and Zinc, um, the old hardcore boys. The old hardcore boys. The old hardcore boys, yeah. The, the really oh, uh, uh, Wizkid and, uh, and no, people like Grant, that, was it? Grant and... Um, I can't Nelson. No, not Grant Nelson, but there was, there was two guys. They're quite a big hardcore unit. I can't even remember what the label is now. Um, and they went through the studio and made a lot of stuff. And they moved on and did, sorry, they moved on and did what they was doing. Um, and that's why when you kind of, when people say to me, Keyside is a jungle label or drum and bass label, I always say to them, no, we're not. We're a dance label first. Yeah. Because that's what we are. Okay, so at what point did you start Keysides then? Or what year was that? I think Keyside started in about 92. Okay, so like, then the, the radio is before that, The radio it? was well so before that, well before that. So yeah. was it Friends first or Format? No, it was Friends FM first. Friends um, FM first. Format was something on the side um, with Colin or Naturalist. Okay. We kind of did that together. Swift and Zinc were part of that. Um, nice. Nikki Black Market was Friends. 
and we, you know, both stations just kind of kind of grew. Yeah. Um, but I've always been involved in pirate radio, one way or another. So. That's amazing. Um, and some really big names there. Some, you know, a lot of uh, pretty much everyone's gone on and, and grown as as yeah. they went as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that is really interesting. So how did Friends FM start as in, like, uh, physically? Like, obviously back then it was Pirate Radio, it wasn't was it? Pirate Same as Deja, as we're in now. Yeah, it, was um, it was Pirate Radio, we was on um, 100.7. Um, and I, I chose the name Friends FM. We used to, you know, and I, was, I wasn't sure where we was actually gonna go. Yeah. But I knew there was a place in the market for us. Um, and we kind of got a niche that all the music that wasn't being played, we was playing it. Um, and I'll give you an example of that, Tricky Disco. Yeah. Nobody was playing that tune. We, and we was the only station that picked up on it. Went into the top 10. That's amazing. So, you know. And, and where was this actually station? Was it Leighton as well? Um, the station was in Leighton in, in the tower blocks over Oliver Close. Yeah, oh, amazing. And um, any stories from back then? Well, I mean, the detail used to come and take our stuff, but we'd stop it. So I was uh, going to say, yeah, so that was a big thing, wasn't it? it was there, so, um, and the criminal justice bill uh, kind of exacerbated that as well, didn't it? I yeah, guess but the criminal justice bill, bill as, as um, for what it was, was actually a load of, I don't want to swear, but it was actually <laughs> a load of balls. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was just rubbish. All they wanted to do was stop people, stop young people from enjoying music that wasn't what they uh, deemed as chart music, because it wasn't chart music, it was underground. Um, it was something that they couldn't tax, essentially, could, isn't it? They couldn't yeah. tax and they couldn't control it. Yeah. They still can't. Yeah, this is it. So you had, you know, your, uh, the huge raves that were happening there. That yeah, yeah. Um, it was probably more dangerous uh, for them to try and stop. Well, you, you had people like Biology, Sunrise, and to be quite honest with you, these guys knew what they were doing. You know, we, we enjoyed going to those events. Um, all the government wanted was the money from it. Didn't work. Things haven't changed that much, have they? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> But that is really interesting. So what, uh, with, with Friends FM, um, one of the things that I, I've heard from other people about different radio stations was that people were really protective about the masts and obviously, you know, they would go to big, great lengths to protect what they were growing, right, as a, as a radio station. Did you find that with Friends as well? I mean, we found, we found it with Friends and we found it with Format. I mean, what the DJ yeah. would do, they'd come out, they'd cut your poles up, so you'd have to start again. Um, and but get these were the coppers, though. These were no, these were the Department of Trade. Oh, okay. Um, and they were just, to be quite honest, the same as the old bill. You know, yeah. they, had, they had a law unto himself. But we found a way around that. So what we do is bury the transmitter in the block. Nice. You get everything else, but not the transmitter. So, there's always a way, right? Oh yeah, always a way. But what yeah. about from rival stations as well? Because I've heard that that was quite a big thing back in the day as well. You know, people would uh, try and take the mask down from uh, yeah, competing radio. They could have our mask, we just put one back up. So no no rivalry in that sense. That it was um, just more of a just adapt no, was, and survive. Do you know what I mean? There was us, there was, there was um, Friends FM, Fantasy yeah. and Centreforce. They were the three big stations. Yeah. Um, I'd say out of the three, Fantasy was probably the bigger. Um, but we just, a, a lot of us kind of got on. Yeah. So there wasn't that much war as such. It know? was just everyone doing their own yeah, thing. Everyone was really. doing their own thing, yeah. That's really nice to hear, actually, because I guess I've heard some war stories of, uh, you know, people, people being treated not so well, <laughs> should we say, for just trying to encroach on a bit of turf, you know? Um, uh, look, a lot of respect and manners to, yeah, to play there. You've got to understand this, yeah? Um, the old East End thing is this, yeah? Yeah. You respect the people around you. Yeah. And you don't take the pee. Yeah. A lot of people tried to take the pee and started to, oh, you know what, we're going to step on this estate yeah. and put our aerials up. No, you're not. You, you, you have to ask permission first. Yeah. That's what it was about. It's a, it's a respect thing. So. 
It's a code, isn't it? It's, it's so, and it always has been. It's a code. <laughs> so, uh, any trouble times in um, in Friends FM, or did it run smoothly for Do as long what? as it we ran? We never had that war with other stations yeah. because, like, as a station, we was a family. Yeah. And once a month, we would have a meeting in the pub down the road called the Oliver Twist. Nice. I'd buy all the boys drinks. They'd air their grievances if there was any. Yeah. And we'd just carry on like that. If there was any friction down with the, with the other stations, we'd just stay out of it. We, just, we didn't want to know. But we was there for the music and that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, and I'm assuming that's where the name was born out of, right? It was just your collective of friends all getting together, doing what you love, playing the music. Do you know the, one th- do you know the silly thing about it? When I... Um, it's, it's, a, it's a mad story because when I wanted to get a name for Friends FM, I was in the bath. Okay. I was laying there, didn't have a name <laughs> for this station, that popped in my head. So I thought, you know what, let's use that. And everyone that came to the station were friends of friends. So that for me, as far as I'm concerned, looking back on it now, the name was appropriate. Again, interesting because we wouldn't have been on Deja had it not been for Dan and Sting from Telepathy, who then, you know, yeah, as, yeah. as friends, then introduced us to Deluxe, and, and, and here we are today. So it is just that. It's an extended friendship group, yeah, isn't it? So. Definitely, definitely. Um, Format FM, I don't know actually that, that much about friends. I'd obviously heard of Format a little bit different, so yeah, tell me a bit about that. I mean, Format was different because Format had kind of been born um, out of the naturalist wanting to put a station on. Yeah. And I kind of got in, I got involved with him as a partner, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of stayed back. I didn't want people to know that I was involved. So he kind of he, he kind of had the forefront. Everyone kind of know, knew him as the face. Yeah. Um, and we, it, it was more garage orientated than what Friends was. Okay. Um, Friends was always and always, st- and, and even today, is as far as I'm concerned, a dance station. We play every genre that we can possibly put in. So, yeah. you know, format was great. It was good for that time because Garage was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, so yeah. It, it, well, and a lot of people that were playing, a lot of artists that were making and playing jungle, well, hardcore, that then went into jungle, obviously, and yeah. as kind of drum and bass came, um, a lot of people left, didn't they, to go over to the Garage side. Did you do that as well, or were you still keeping stuff going on the jungle as, uh, at the same time? The really stupid thing about it was when I, and you know, when I started Keyside and I, was, and I became Formula 7, yeah. nobody knew that I was that person. And the reason why they didn't know is because I hid behind that that name. I didn't want people to kind of say, "Oh, you know what? That's Mad B. Let's go and buy his record." I didn't. I didn't want that. I yeah. wanted you to buy the rec- buy my record on the strength of it being, on the strength of it being good music. So even back then, things were quite political with uh, names to a degree. Then I guess. Um, yeah, the, I mean, they, there, they, were, there were a lot of pseudonyms around, wasn't there? A, no. a lot of artists had different names. Like Busy B actually is one of probably that has the most. Yeah. I would have thought. Oh yeah, he's got loads. <laughs> he's got loads. <laughs> a hell of a lot. So, um, but I mean, the same thing with me. Yeah, I, I did. I put my foot in the garage market as such um, with my label, Chocolate City. Yeah. And again, nobody knew that that was me behind Chocolate yeah. City. No one knew I was K Club, Second Level, Flavor Unit, because I, I I refused to do interviews. I just wanted people to buy the music yeah. on the strength of it being good music. That's that's what it's about for me. And now Discogs has come and blown that out of the water by linking everything together, right? Yeah, so. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's yeah. been brilliant for us because then we've been able to piece this stuff together a little yeah. bit, I think. Yeah, I can't um, hide no more now. So <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a quick tune. So we've got an amazing, amazing load of tunes sent through from all over for this show. And um, this next track is uh, from 
Uh, a good mate of ours, like we released, um, so it's Tim Reaper. He released his, uh, uh, well, he was on our first release on Disrupt Records as well, doing a remix. Um, and his label, Future Retro, this is a brand new tune coming in from Sonar's Ghost. So we're going to play this, then we're going to get back to Keyside and we're going to do it proper. Okay, so cool. stick with us. Sounds good. Out to the R-Hawk, out to the high key. Shout out to the A on four lads. Shout out to the original ID, yes brother. Out to all the jungle list family. Here 
Yes, as the Andrew Stenny, PPJ Massive. So this is the sounds of Sonar's Ghost. This is coming out on Future Retro soon, I believe. Right about now, you're listening to myself, Pesk, resident in action, in interview. The Keyside Records phones are mad to be. So a good place to start would be one of the tracks. And this is one of my own purses. This is uh, one that takes me back to about 13, 14 years old. Better Days EP. Better Days EP, yeah. So we used to get a lot of this. So I grew up in Birmingham and um, we got a lot of the Keyside stuff there. So a, a, a lot of the stuff that was coming out in London didn't always uh, make it in big numbers. So by the time it got to little old me, 13, 14, I was at the back of the queue. So. But Keyside was one of the things I managed to get my hands on and then sort it out. So there's obviously, talk me through that. You said it was around 92 that it started? Yeah, I think it was the end of, say, it was like late 91, early 92 that we started, the label started. Yeah. Um, the first track I bought out was, um, it, was it's, it, it was called It's Not Just Ragger. Indeed, and, um, huge track. Obviously, the track went out. I was, I was um, a security guard at Donington Park. Like no work, way. Yeah, working the gate. And I brought the record with me because we just had it pressed. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I knew Ryder from like loads of other things, and he walked past me. And I said, "Look, Groves, I've got a tune, man. It's like, give it to him." Yeah, yeah. Did not expect in a million years that that was going to be played. So I'm standing there, and I thought, I "Swear, that's my brain." <laughs> so just just to a context, this is um, I guess this is Fantasia, isn't it? The, um, the monsters. Think, yeah, it might have been Fantasia, but it was about. I'm telling you this now. It was about thirty thousand people. There. That would have been it, Fantasia it, it in '92. Then so it's the, the Castle Donington. Um, tunes come on. I'm gone. That's my tune. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so um, we was with Mo's Music, yeah, and they said to us, "Look, the distributor, right?" Distributor. Yeah, yeah. I said, "Look, can you give us two and a half thousand copies of that?" And I was like, "We'll give you a thousand. That's what we pressed." Nice. We'll press you more. I went, "No, no, 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 no." I said, "We'll give you the thousand. That will do." See how that we'll does first. Yeah. Two days later, can we have some more? I was like, "I, I don't really want to do anything." I said that was enough for me. Nice. So okay. So always wanted to keep it yeah, more on the limited, keep it, keep like limited and that. Yeah. But I'd be straight with you. We did give them another two thousand. Yeah. They did them in fourteen days. And then I said to them like, Nah, that's it. Don't want to do no more. Um, I've since found out that the pressing plant pressed loads of white labels around their back. So this is something I've heard quite a bit of actually, and it's still going on today as well because yeah, you, you yeah, get a yeah, lot. Yeah. Of the Northern Soul stuff goes for silly money, so you've seen a lot of uh, dodgy little represses coming yeah, exactly. out, and, and bootlegs. Bootlegs have always been about, haven't they? So it's not a new thing, is it? So no, and I guess Discogs will, you know, it kind of helps you in a way because you can see how many people actually own it versus how many were actually pressed. Don't right? own it, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so someone know, was doing a, a sneaky. Yeah, someone was doing a what we call a nasty one. Um, we yeah. didn't know, so. 
it's what it is, isn't it? It really? is what it is, and it promoted us anyway. So. Well, this is it, isn't it? So that's an amazing way to not only kick off the label, but um, you know, to, to just have that experience of just giving a track to. High, it, Groove was high profile by yeah, 92, yeah. wasn't he? Massive. So. I, mean, I mean, Groove Rider was a nice guy. I mean, Groove Rider, Brian G. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd say more Nicky Black Market because he yeah. was the one that was really pushing the label. Yeah. So that's what kind of put us out there as well, was, was Nicky and what he was doing. And Nicky actually features on the on the label itself as well. Yeah, I think he, does, he, yeah. he did um, he did a remix. Actually, you bought me another copy of it because mine got so destroyed over the years. You bought me another copy of it. Uh, Harry bought me another copy yeah, not yeah, too yeah. long ago. Um, I forget the name of the track. It's called uh, Main, I think it's, it's, it's Main Next Volume 1. If I'm not yeah, wondering. nice. Okay. So these are all just friends that you got because I've seen, obviously, Busy B did a remix of Religion as well, which is off the Better Days EP uh, originally. No, um, that was Ray. Oh, Ray uh, Key, sorry, we did Religion. Ray yeah, did you're quite right. Remix of Religion. Yeah, good remix. Yeah. Um, but personally for me, the, the original is standing the test of time. Absolutely. That's what's being played. Absolutely. Is, have you got a favourite on the label? Um, Jody's theme did really well as well. Jody's theme, yeah. yeah. It's named after my daughter. I'm sorry, I didn't know that either. That's amazing. It's named after my daughter, yeah. Nice. Um, so is that probably your favourite off there, or do you have a favourite just um, on? Um, I, I wouldn't say that's my favourite. The favourite track for me yeah. has got to be. Um, it's not just Ragga because it was my first track. Yeah. Um, it was the first time I'd actually emceed. Nice. So. Um, we was all in the studio. We had a, we had a good drink, me, busy tea, and I just, just like, got on the vibe. I, I just got on the vibe. I just did bum 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 da, and they recorded it. Now I didn't know they recorded it. Nice. So they then dropped it into the tune, and that was the tune. That's amazing. So you just have a few drinks, get in the studio, <laughs> wake up in the morning. Oh Christ, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do yesterday? But you know what? You've got to give busy the props. You know what I mean? You've got to yeah. give him what he's due he, yeah. he's such an amazing producer you know he really really is um, and he's one of the hardest working people I know in this scene yeah With, without any arrogance he's just what you see with Busy B is what you get so I'll take my hat off to him today man he's a really nice guy you know I, mean? I think everybody does massive massive shout out to Busy um, yeah. it's amazing to see you still pushing the you know just trying to get people into it he does his dub plate wars every Saturday so I have yeah, to pick yeah. that up because um I'm, you know, I'm hearing him playing people that are literally just starting out to people yeah. that have been writing for years yeah. and years. And I like him. There's no hierarchy there. Everyone's on the platform. Strength of the music alone in it. Yeah, so, um, can, I just, can I just say one thing? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say a, um, happy birthday to Zinc. He's 50 today, so happy oh, birthday, nice. mate. Mate, happy birthday, Zinc. And uh, don't be a stranger, mate. We don't talk as much these days. You know, <laughs> come down the studio. We'll, we'll get you one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, 1992... Amazing having your track played at Castle Donington. I think yeah, that was definitely. that was even for me. See, like I was 12 years old at the yeah, time yeah, when that yeah. thing happened. So I had the video. I had all the tapes. Yeah. Um, so I could imagine what it was like there. But you couldn't. I mean, at the time, you know, it wasn't un unusual to see 10,000 people in a warehouse no, uh, it wasn't. or or you know, free party. You never of. see. I think for them, those events back in the day, you'd never used to see nothing less than. 1,500, 2,500, yeah. 10,000 going right up. Yeah. I mean, I played in I played in Scotland um, right. New Year's Eve, I think it was 98, a place called um, Technodrome. Oh, nice. And um, the guy said to me, oh, you're going to be going on at 12 o'clock? And I was like, yeah. really? I said, I was, I was told one. So I went on at 12 o'clock, dropped my first tune, and the place went absolutely ballistic. There's no and better feeling, like, is it? Wow, really nice, you know what I mean? So yeah, it, it, there's some good memories, there's some bad memories. Yeah. 
Maybe we'll get into the bad memories in just a little <laughs> bit. But but let, let's yeah, let's keep on, let's on. keep with the good good for a little, I think, because um, it was our it felt like it was our own thing, and uh, had a few people down here that have completely changed my mind on that from from their own memories. And I, I think I felt it was a lot more insular than it actually was. It blew up massive the scene did. So you obviously had Donington that was 30,000 people, yeah, yeah. Um, which prior to that was pretty much I guess the monsters of rock. It was generally live bands that would command that kind of crowd. Um, I think, to a degree, I would say yes and no, um, because. If you go back to the old, old rave, like, uh, like I said, um, biology, they used to have like 15,000 people on a regular basis. You know, I mean, whenever they, whenever they did something, they had, they had a big crowd. So it wasn't just the rock people or the yeah. rock shows that had them crowds. We, we had it in the dance thing, and yeah. the government see it and said, you know what? Let's start stamping down them, try and get some tax. Didn't work. So do you think the whole, because the way they framed it in the media was all about drugs. You know, I, I've seen. I guess most people have seen those old newspaper clippings of you know the acid house uh, kind of explosion and that kind of stuff. Do you think that that had something to do with it, or do you think that they were using that as an excuse? What the drugs? Yeah. Look, there was look, look there's drugs today. There's, yeah. There's, <laughs> look, it doesn't matter what era you go into. There's always been drugs. Go back to the sixties when yeah. you had the Beatles and blah blah blah. There was a psychedelic, um, the psychedelic era. For sure. How much press was there about that? There wasn't. A socially acceptable yeah. uh, type, type so thing. So why was it um, the newspapers, the media, yeah. had to kind of slag off what we was doing? Mm. Like, it, it, it was part of the password, to be honest with I guess Castle Morton was um, one of those one of those things, wasn't it? It became a very political thing. It almost, you know, it would seem like activism, I guess, kind of thing. Those three parties were against the system. They very quickly started to, to, to be like that because of the criminal justice bill. I'm not sure if it was the criminal justice bill that kind of nurtured that. I think yeah. it was already there. And I think that that just made people a bit madder. That's all it did. What do you think caused it to be there in the first place? That socioeconomic thing? I, I can't really put my finger on that, to be yeah. honest with you. All, all I can say is this, I enjoyed myself. So, <laughs> you know, there's many a gig that we was all at. And yeah. we've done what we've done. Yeah. And, but we was enjoying ourselves. And if you talk to anybody from back then and they say to you, oh, I didn't really enjoy that, I'm going to call you a liar. <laughs> like, I know I enjoyed it. The, the one thing I always, always find crazy is that people were still had the ability to drive for hours and hours <laughs> and hours on end um, just to find a party. And they would just go to a telephone box and find the next raid. Now, that's still going on. You know, a lot of our mates are still around that kind of uh, well, thing. I mean, the biggest people behind a lot of that, um, and, and they're still. Go I think I think they're still going. Yeah. The Spiral Tribe. I see, oh, and, for sure. Um, you know, people are like, "Who are they?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah just phone them, and like they'll tell you where there's a good yeah, party." Yeah, yeah. And there would be parties for like I don't know, 800 people sometimes, yeah. 10,000 people, but they kept doing what the underground was about, and that's what's kind of happened now. It's like you've got labels that have been there for so long, and nobody really talks about them. Yeah. It's like we're not there. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? For me, it's good. Yeah, I was going to say, it's quite nice to keep things as they yeah, are. It's, it's, it's nice to kind of stay in the background and not be the big I am label. Mm. You know, someone said to me yesterday, oh, your, label, your label's got a cult following. I was like, well, that's a nice thing. It's not a bad thing. Because it means that those people are actually really enjoying our music. How did it feel at the time? The one thing, the one thing I've noticed, well, that I noticed back then was um, there was a kind of hierarchy. You had your you know, your reinforced 
you had Goldie's kind of thing going off. You had some of those those massive labels. Now, did it feel like there was that hierarchy at the time, or did it feel like everyone was just doing their own thing on a level? Do you know what? When I look when I when I look back on Brain Records, where I started from, when I look back on starting Keyside as a label, I don't remember that. You know, and then obviously there was this this there was this massive kind of anger towards um, somebody that had come into the scene and claimed that that they'd started Drum and Bass Jungle. Now, when that happened, that's when the problems really started. Mm -hmm. Because you then had this um, clique of people who said, you know what, we're going to control the music. And problems started from that. That's my belief. I've heard a lot of the claiming ownership of this over the years. And something that I've not really talked about on here because I think everyone's got their own story. I wasn't, you know, I was still a kid, I guess, at the time. Um, but it felt like more of a movement to me rather than any one individual kind of starting this or starting that. I think that's generally how things... But was it a movement that really took in what all the other smaller labels wanted to be involved in? Because, mm. like, no, it wasn't. It was it, it was a group of big-headed people, and I'm sorry, I don't care wh- whether you want to jam me again. Yeah. It was a group of big-headed people that wanted to control what we was doing as artists. No, you can't do that. Like, this music has always been about, yeah, us having a voice. Yeah. Why should you shut our voice down? I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? And that's and it still is getting shut down to a degree. It's nice to see jungle getting a re, you know resurgence, bits of hardcore, even happy hardcore, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's blown up a lot bigger than I thought it would over the last few years. On, actually, how do you feel about that? Because obviously you started Friends again. Actually, yeah. when did Friends closed doors? Yeah, the I first mean, time? Friends closed in about. I think it was about 96. Okay. Um, but I was involved in like XFM, like when they came on as pirates. Oh, nice. Okay. I was involved in Rinse when they came on and pirate, as, as pirates. So, nice. I, you know, my background has always been with radio. Yeah. And I kind of looked at what was going on and I just thought, you know what, it needs something else. Yeah. I'm not sure what, but I'm going to try something. So I'm going to go back to where I started. So for me, I started... Even though I started as a DJ, yeah. it was the radio that made people people get to know me. So that's where I started from again. And where's DJing taking you? You mentioned Scotland before. Any other places of... Yeah, I've, uh, been, I've been out to Washington. I was out nice. in um, Mannheim, Germany. I had, a residency, I had a residency in Germany for the best part of five years. You actually had a residency out there? Yeah, I had a residency out there, yeah. And what was that? And where was that, actually? It was in Mannheim. It was a Amazing. place called Mannheim. I'd fly out there on a Friday night um, and then just do the rounds. That's so, amazing. How was that at that time? That was great. Did you feel like you made it, just flying um, abroad, DJ? Do you know what? It was just, it was nice to just not play in the UK, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. I'm being honest, it was nice to not play in the UK. Different crowds. It was nice to play in front of a crowd that actually appreciated what you was playing. Yeah. You know, not, not that it was, oh, it's such and such is tune, so we're going to dance. But like I'd play the most obscure things in the, in the middle of my set and have people dancing. I think that's a nice thing. Do you think that people were a bit too close to it over here then? You could have a bit more freedom yeah, I artistically. Think, I think the the artistic, I think that the whole artistic thing has got out of hand. Like, unless you're this name, we don't want to play your music. And with me, like I'm playing stuff on, on the station on my show on a Friday night by um, yeah. Amos, by uh, Monument Banks, Zero T, Scuff. And like, I've not met none of these. I'm sorry, tell a lie. I met Scuff a few months ago yeah. and we spoke. But for me, those are those are tunes that I like as a person. Yeah, yeah. So as a DJ, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to chuck this out on my listeners and hope they like it as well. Yeah, they've been around for a while, some of these guys. I don't, I don't know this. Because um, like I said, I'm coming back into drum and bass. Yeah. I'm feeling my way and finding what's actually there. 
so we, we were just before we came in here we were having a bit of a, a bit of a chat and um, I've always been interested and it was something that I only really found out about much later at the time not living in London at the time was fairly unaware of it um, even though it was probably well documented it was just my uh, you know um, follies of you, should we say? But there was a thing called the Alliance, where you had MB, you had um, you know that kind of thing kick off in a right. Uh, so, so I mean, obviously you've heard what what happened as such. Yeah, for sure. All right, so officially, and this is just me talking. I don't care what everyone else wants yeah. to say about the, the, the situation. There was a meeting called. Um, quite a few of us went to the meeting, and in this meeting, people were saying like, bah, 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 bah. "You're not going to play this tune." So, now, a, so just to put this in context, there was a meeting yeah. of all DJs, producers, DJs, producers, blah blah blah, in a room to say I, what you can and can't yeah, play. In I can un- look. I can understand why they came up with what they came up with. Yeah. But how about this? Yeah. Why don't you think to yourself, um, you're not going to stop this 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 track from going through, and you're also going to stop someone from being fed, yeah. because that label was a new label like a lot of us. Why not just try and talk to the label? Talk to that person that was saying what they were saying mm. and say, look, you need to retract that. No one thought about doing that at the time. And like I said, I'm not slagging people off for what they did back then because they had their reasons. But if we're going to keep trying to control music, it's mm. just going to go back underground again. Do you think there's a parallel with today? Do you think that that, is, that control is still there? I, I keep hearing this thing <laughs> of recent about certain people trying to control what's going on. Yeah. Keep doing it. Because you know what? As long as I'm alive and I can walk mm. and I've got Friends FM, we will keep pushing those that are not getting um, pushed outside. We will push you on our platform because we think that's right. And that's what I'm about. That's what I've always been about. I don't think you're alone there. It's sad to kind of hear that that is actually still happening in the scene. Um, I think things have got better. I don't think there is so much of an alliance. There will always be a hierarchy. There will always be that gatekeeping why, kind of thing. I mean, as, as a DJ, as a producer, as, as someone yourself, why do you think this is happening? That's a good question. I don't think I know. Ego. Got to be ego, really. Politics, egos, generally the things that mess things up, isn't it? Maybe what we've got to do, maybe what what we've got to do is find these people that have got egos and give them a blackjack and say, look, back in the nineties, this was a really nice suite. You know, just they've got to change their attitudes, man. They really have. I think a lot of people have chilled as the years have gone on as well. You do naturally, don't you? You get a bit more chilled. You get a bit more philosophical as you get older. Well, you've got to, if you've got (laughs) if you've got grandchildren, you've got to chill. So. Yeah, it's a good point, mate. It is a good point. I mean, even if you've got one child, you have got a chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a really interesting point. All right, I'm going to bring this tune up. We're going to grab some water. Going to have a quick break. Then we're going to bring bring it back. Have another chat in a couple. Deja, Deja, Deja.
So that last tune is something very cheeky coming out very soon. Um, this, interestingly, this is the guy that we released on our first, our first release. This is the sounds of Circa 96, and this is forthcoming. Again, deep bass nine, and this is lush. Add to Dan Circa on this. circle on this. Deja, 
once again. Sounds of Circuit 96, this one coming out on Deep Bass 9. Again, I think the test presses have all just sold out quick as you like. Of course they have. Did you hear that? Um, but I think, yeah, full presses are going to be coming soon-ish. Who knows in this mad world of vinyl pressing. Welcome back, Mad B. And just on this, I'm assuming that it was a hell of a lot easier to press vinyl records back in the day than it is now. You know what? I could... Um I could walk from my house to the pressing plant. Now, take into account this is about half hour walk. Yeah, yeah. I could yeah. walk to my house, give him my my posies, and say, "Look, tell, need some pressing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have them done by Friday. That's amazing. Still That's in right. East London. And that was in, oh, everything was in East London. Oh, um, amazing. You also had um, Keith. Oh, what was they? They was over in Acne. You could go to them. They'd sort out your pressing as well. And of course, um, Leon. Who, uh, God music bless your soul. Music yeah, yeah. All right. You know what, man? Like. I'm going to say this now, God bless your soul, man. What a lovely, lovely person, you know. For the scene, that was a massive, massive loss. Same as Skibbity, you know. Yeah, he came oh, through with absolutely. us as well. And like, when I heard of like, Skibbs' death, I was just like, is this for real? Yeah. You know? Well, as these things always happen on social media, you don't know if it's someone just yeah, chatting you know rubbish people, or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I said, there's a good parts and there's a bad sides of, of social media. But I, I am glad that I've kind of found out because, you know, um, for me, Skibbity, um, alongside, alongside some of the other riddles, some of the um, other MCs that came through with us, yeah. uh, Wiley, Riddles, they was all that generation. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they was, and sure. they was, listen, they was something else. When I say they, these, these kids were lyrically bad, they really, really was. So, yeah. They, and, and we put this out on social media not too long back. So um, when we were growing up, tape packs were everything. That's yeah. how you found out about your <laughs> tunes, your DJs, your MCs, the Rays, the lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Skibber was one of those guys where it just become part of your vocabulary. You know, we'd just be out with our mates and you'd just be chatting those MC chats, bassmans, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But you know. Do you know what? This is what people need to understand about Skibber, yeah? yeah? The reason why he was so good is because he was a storyteller. Yeah, yeah, and for sure. You could not beat some of them stories that used to spit and spit really quick. Yeah, yeah. It was like the first yeah. to do was yeah. it the first to do double time or one of yeah. the first then, at least well, in that, I guess. Double time and whatever speed yeah, it was yeah. going, it was fast. <laughs> yeah. It was fast. And I remember him and Riddles had a battle had, had a battle at um education, yeah. which was at this under 18s thing that we did. And I tell you what, I was standing there and I thought it's changed. Are Things have changed. Are you two gonna keep quiet and, let, <laughs> let, and just let us play some music? But they knew when to stop. Some of them did, yes. And I think that's when I when I I kind of started to get a little bit fed up with it as time went on because it then became more about the MCs that did the music in Brum, especially we had the MC bash type thing. Uh, where yeah, it was, but, uh, you know, don't you think that look? There's MCs, yeah, and there's all right, you know what I'm going to say this. I don't care what you, you can you can all hit me on. Twitter later on and cuss me, whatever. <laughs> there's MCs and there's people that just chat too much. Yeah. Yeah? When you think about Depp, when you think about Skibber, when you think about those Stevie Hyper D, yeah, yeah. when you listen to that class of MC, there was a difference. What I would say to some of you now, the MCs that are out there now, do me a favour, yeah? Give the record a chance to breathe. Breathe. Always. Yeah? Because, like, you're, you're killing the tune. And before you came along, there was plastic. Yeah? <laughs> I think that's why some of my favourite MCs are the ones that actually, you know, kind of just let it breathe a little bit. They knew exactly yeah. when to do it. You know, GQ. G- oh, you got, GQ, like, man, legend. legend La- Latter day, we've got Black Eye MC, yeah. you know, and they, they, they just... I see free. Oh, you know? absolutely. So, 
And um, so, yeah, so it became personal preference. So, so absolutely, you know, R.O.P. to Skibs, someone that I absolutely looked up to yeah. when I was uh, much younger. And like I said, later on, it just became more of a personal preference, uh, especially as a DJ. You just, all you want to hear is the music, really, <laughs> selfishly. Yeah, I remember, you know, I remember this is why I got fed up with playing in the UK. It was like, uh, you know what, I can't be pulling out another microphone, Sam. Because like, no, no, seriously. He got to the stage, he got to the, I was playing at a place, um, Asa Club. At the store, yeah. and this MC, and I just thought, you're not doing that all over my set for an hour. So <laughs> I, I, I followed the lead round the thing, and I just pulled his mic out. Did you notice? Or uh, I'm not going to say who the MC was. <laughs> I, no, I won't say who it was. But let's put it this way: when I saw him again after that, kept it down. Nice. So you know, you just, you just got to try and understand, yeah, that you're not the end all of the show. You've got to think about the DJ as well. You know, we're, we're part and parcel, so. It's, it's, this is, uh, and this is gonna sound like the biggest boomerish thing in the world, so apologies in advance, but um, like, as I've got older and stuff, it's really interesting seeing kids that are now into jungle and drum and bass yeah. not really understand the context of MCing, so a lot of those old tapes just sound crazy to them because it came from like a toasting yeah. uh, side of things as well. And, I guess in without that context, it kind of feels like a bit of just noise to them, you know. Especially '92, a lot of shouting was going on, a lot of uh, hyping of the crowd. Um, but that's what it was about. That, yeah. This is what I'm saying to you. It's like as a person that plays music, as a person that spits a lyric, you've got to think to yourself: those are the people in front of me that are paying my wages, so we've got to sound good, and that's what it's about. It's not about you being a big head or arrogant. You've got you've got to be good at what you do. So, respects to all them boys from back then, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it has its place as well. Um, you know, a lot of that, I guess, comes from dancehall sound systems as well. The toasting reggae sound systems, right? You know what? If you want, if you want to say, yeah, that it, it does. Um, Smiley and PJ from Shut Up and Dance, they yeah. come from that background, but they also nurtured the dance background into yeah. what they could do. And like I said, you've got to respect those guys that came first. And I've not seen people doing that. So that's that's my shout to them. Yeah. Digo reinforced, you know, I remember yeah. sitting there and interviewing him about Mr. Kirk. Now, he did say to me afterwards, you slaughtered me, B. Is it? And I said, yeah, but I was just, I'm just asking you a question about the tune you've made. Because I was just hitting him from all angles, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. You know, you make a tune about Mr. Kirk, your son is dead. Explain why you're making this tune. You know, and it, it was it was a good thing that he did because it kind of opened people's eyes to what was actually going on in the scene. You know, there was obviously the infamous event where uh, DJ Rat was playing. At. Was that uh, we, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Um, was it uh, telepathy? Yes, it might. Over in East. I think it was telepathy. I'm sure someone in the comments might put me right. <laughs> but um, where DJ Rat played it, and someone was actually were they stabbed or did they collapse? I think. Yeah, in the, but in the dance? Look, look, DJ Rat played the tune. Yeah. yeah. She didn't play a tune knowing that that tune could or would cause a problem. And, and to be quite honest with you, the tune didn't cause a problem. It was the idiotic people at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm a gangster, I'm gonna run around, I'm gonna run around raves trying to tax people. That's what that yeah. was about. It was nothing to do with the music. The music doesn't cause trouble, it's people. But if you get sensible people, you've got what I would call a good time. That's what it's about. I guess this was also at a time where, for the UK, we were coming out of some pretty harsh times as well. So people were struggling financially as well. Yeah, was, so you'd take, you know, ten odd thousand people 
absolutely smashed on various types of <laughs> things. Um, easy pickings for people that are, you know, do you know what criminals on that like, side? You, you, it's the way you kind of put that. Ten or so many people smashed on whatever. Do you know what? It was only so many people in the crowd, yeah, that was kind of smashed, and you knew. Yeah. Because when you walked around, you see people with their eyes like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You see people like, oh, oh, but yeah. it's water. <laughs> but look, that was their thing, man. You can't have a cut of people for enjoying themselves. You know, the whole thing when you got this thing about people dying from ease. Yeah. Shall I tell you why they was dying? Because they wasn't drinking enough water. It's a simple. Oh, they were drinking oh, they were too drinking much. Too that's much. what I thought it was water on you the brain. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the bottom that's line. This is what I'm saying. People, oh, no, I, never, I never took no drugs. Well, all right, cool. You didn't take no drugs. Then don't talk about it. Mm. Yeah? I can talk about it because I'm going to be straight with you now. Yeah. And I'm not normally straight. Yeah, I've, I've t- I took a love dove. That was part of my group. And I'm telling you what, it was the best eye opener I ever had. Simple as that. One of the, <laughs> one, interestingly, one of the best things of lockdown is people have adapted quite well and I've seen a lot more interviews of artists that I like and respect and some yeah. that I didn't know that well until now um, plenty of podcasts out there do your research um, but most of them all come back to the days of ecstasy being the biggest fueler of the scenes that we have would you say would you say you agree with that no nah, do you know what I, I could go out and play music without being without being off my head and I'm not going to say who, but I know that one certain DJ, he had to be off his face to, to, to do his set. Because <laughs> he, he said to me, that's the way I'll get into the crowd, bruv. And I was like, okay, fine. That's your thing. Then we all know one or two. Yeah. We all know one or two. Bless him. So, so, bless you. But each of their own. Good luck you know, that. if that's what your vibe is, that's your vibe. Yeah, fine. that's, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, we've talked about, actually, sub-labels. Now, Dark and Deadly, was it Dark and Deadly? Yeah, yeah Dark and Deadly, me and T- it's actually me and TDK. So you were running various radio stations. stations yeah. You were running Keyside, which was doing massive. Keys- Keyside is my main label. That's, yeah, that's the yeah, main yeah. label. And then I had, I had a couple of sub-labels. One Nation was one of them. So One Nation just, I think, ran between 93 and 94. That's right. That's is that right? right yeah. Just a couple that's of years. Right, yeah. I, I was running that with um, the pressing plant. Um, you ran the label with the pressing plant? I ran the label with the, with the pressing plant. And it come to the end of the year, and I, it, yeah. I wanted to see, like, what we done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, all of a sudden now, oh, yeah, but, like, yeah, but we've only been pressing 200, and we've only been earning this, and I thought... Even 200 back then. I mean, people were standard pressing 1,000, yeah, at least, listen, weren't they? Listen, I think. Let, me, let me explain something to you now, yeah? Back then, when records were being pressed, nobody was pressing under 1,000 records. Nobody. No one. Not even me. Yeah? And those 1,000 records were being sold. So... When you're saying to me, oh, I've only been pressing 200 records, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking to myself, you're talking about Something stinks there. Yeah, so I just moved away from it. Yeah. Um, like I said, they had all the dats. I'm going to try and chase Terry up and see if I can get the dats back because there's a lot of good stuff there. Like Nut Nut, um, Criminal Set, there's some Busy Bee stuff, there's some really good stuff there. So. Really interesting because... <laughs> Rightly or wrongly, people have got a very rose-tinted view of the past. But yeah. from what I've heard from, we've had a lot of people that have passed through, thankfully, on this show, and have probably speak, spoken a bit more candid off air than they will do on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah various yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. I want to piss some people off. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of people got done over back then. Look, I, I don't want to say it was part of the parcel, but you learned a big thing from that. Like I learned a big thing that big, big thing from that. When I started Chocolate City. I didn't go back to that pressing, but in fact, I didn't even press in the UK. I took my pressing. Interesting. I took my pressing to France. 
I pressed from France. Was that MPO? And was it MPO back then? MPO Still? Back, yeah. It was MPO. And you know what? It was better quality vinyl. Yeah. Um, it cost a bit more. But guess what? The records were selling. We was getting the right figures. They wasn't overpressing. And that's what the pressing plants in this country have always done. I don't want to say everyone does it, but the majority mm. of pressing plants, you press 500, they press another five. That's not good, man. Like I say, I think I'd be surprised if that doesn't go on these days as well. Yeah. I think it's probably just done a little more um, carefully, should well, we say, you know because, because everything's online now. It's hard to, to get away with that stuff. Best you thing know, you can do, press outside the UK. Mate. <laughs> happen, <you know? laughs> but then, you know, we, we've got our own problems these days as well. Yeah, so I know, um, I know, I know. COVID hasn't helped. Brexit certainly hasn't helped either. No, it hasn't. It hasn't um, helped and, you know, l- labels are waiting up to a year to a year and a half to get stuff out. Um, really? Yep. And uh, it depends. And obviously, if Europe, if you're pressing in Europe, um, you know, Vinyl Presents or MPO, whoever you want, um, then, you know, e- even even more waiting times. And, and costs have doubled as well. So it feels like there's only a certain amount it of time left for this to be now. feasible, I right? Mean, it used to cost us, what, three and a half hundred quid for a thousand records with labels? Come again. It used to cost us 350 pound for a thousand records with labels in black sleeves. Okay, and on that note, I think I'm going to play. I'm going to play a tune from '92. I'm going to go outside and kick something. We 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 let's let's not talk talk exact numbers because I think I'm going to cry.
you know what? This is my problem. I will chat all day long. And I have been chatting all day long. There's like half an hour left. So uh, apologies for that. Well, but you know what? Now I've got you down. I'm going to get you down again. <laughs> All right, what are we saying? What are we saying? I'm, I'm going to say this one here now, yeah? He's got half hour left, yeah? yeah? Let's let the guy do what he's doing, yeah? I'm going to say this now, yeah? I will come back when you're ready. Nice. And we'll do a set for you. All right. And, you know, that way, you can you can ask me some more questions. I mean, I'm enjoying the chat here, mate. I'm enjoying the chat here way too much, way too much. I don't want to kill your show. It's your first show back. I've been your first person. Mate, you've so not killed know. the show. It's all. It's an absolute no, pleasure no, having I, you down here. Do you know what? I'm loving what you're doing. I'm loving sitting here and all, all this new music that I'm not hearing, especially the folder you're going to send me anyway. You see? Uh, you see <laughs> hey, how I got that? see how I was smart and got that in there? You can't get out of it, yeah? <laughs> That's the B for you. Damn. <laughs> all right. Talk to me, Chocolate City Records. So Garage started blowing up in this country massively, didn't it? And and like I was saying before, you had a lot of artists that were playing Jungle. Now, in order to explain that transition from Jungle through to Garage, you can't talk. You can't not talk about drum and bass. The term. Well, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna talk about this, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pick one artist. Um, and he should have he should have been giving props from props from when he was trying to make drum and bass, and people shut him out. And that was MJ Cobb. Really? Yeah, he was shut out. He was shut out. He was shut out. I heard some drum bass bits that he did, and I thought that was amazing. But he couldn't get through. So when he switched over to Garage and started making what he was making, out of world, man. I think it was the best movie ever made. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Boy done well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of how that whole thing came about, so again, I was quite young at the time, and I, I think this passed me by. What, the way I saw that music evolve from acid house to hardcore to jungle to, to happy hardcore, you know, it, it just seemed like every year or two, it would just keep evolving, right? And it did. Yeah. Amazing how many tracks came out for the amount of time that was, it was a really short amount of time, and well, you know, I, everyone's put, still collecting. I've put yeah. out, garage-wise, yeah, like releases, I yeah. But if you want to talk about unreleased, there's about probably about 100 tracks that I've not released yet. So what you're telling me is that we need to have a nice little meetup and have a folder swap, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> that's all good, mate. And that's now we've said it on air. You oh, can't go back yeah, on this, Roy. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine, Kev. Don't do that to me, Roy. Remember, I've still, <laughs> I've still got a lot of the Chocolate City vinyl. Oh, my God. Right, I'm just coming home with you. How yeah, about that? I've got the vinyl. I'll sort that out for you, man. That's you cool. cooking? Cool, yeah. <laughs> So that was one thing I wanted to ask about as well. Chatting to Busy B, chatting to Deluxe, all the Brain Records yeah. guys as well. It was really interesting to hear because as a punter back then, you just saw everything getting snapped up, and yeah, if you and you, you oh, I had pocket money at best, you know what I mean, type thing. So it was hard to it was hard to keep up. Um, well, but you, you think about it. When I was growing up here, yeah, I used to go to HMV, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. a twelve inch used to cost me, yeah, this is, and this is straight, yeah. Used to cost me 99 pence. I was going to say, I, remember, I still, still got the stickers on my old ones. Pence, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, I, when, when I'm going into HMV and my records costing seven and a half quid, I'm like, <laughs> I've arrived, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, it sure. was nice. <laughs> and, and actually, you got to give HMV props because I remember picking up Tom and Jerry in there yeah, and yeah, stuff exactly. like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, they supported the scene. Yeah, they really yeah, did. Yeah. Um, and if you want to give people props for that, it was SRD. Uh, SRD, amazing. Yeah. It's still going, yeah, I believe, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Going, yeah. So, I think uh, we had a guest on who's an amazing guy from the scene and owns now called Planet Wax. Is that Wacko? It's, no, it's a Sick Note. 
Oh, so, oh right, they're going yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so they've got a shop over in Deptford, and this is a good plug for them because they've just changed their name. So it was Discworld, it's now Planet Wax. They've got some, and then they do like little raves in shop with guests, DJing, stuff like that as okay, well. Okay, nice. He used nice. to work for SRD, but, so he's told us some really nice stories as well. But yeah. SRD were pretty much, you know, part of the bloodline. Do you know right? what? If you're going to talk about the dance scene, because yeah. I'm not going to say jungle, drum and bass yet. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to talk about our scene, because it is our scene, it's a British scene, we made it here. Yeah. yeah? I'm, proud of, I'm proud to have been a part of this scene yeah. and still be a part of this scene now. If you're going to talk about this scene and people that have pushed the music to where it should have been, yeah. you have to give props to SRD because yeah. they really did work hard for us, guys. So, listen, guys, thank you very much. That's and apparently, still yeah. are. So, you know, props to them actually right. for, for keeping things going. Well, glad you've told me that. I'll be phoning them on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so, we kind of veered off from what I was trying to get to. So, I'm going to bring it straight back to that. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like that, that transition from jungle to drum and bass, and more importantly, a word that was used around the time which. Um, I thought it was trying to signify more of like the jazzy element too, but it was called intelligent. So there is a big, big issue around the word, you know, intelligent being used. All right, you know what, what, why was there an issue? Like, you started sending all this music into different genres and naming it, so why should there be an issue? The only, I think what it was, people thought that because it was called intelligent, it was made by intelligent people. No, it wasn't. Book, book em, book em, you know, I'm not going to say Danny Bookham's not intelligent. Bookham was making this music long before yeah. the word was stuck on it. Yeah, and you know, you've got people now, Monument Banks. They're making that same kind of st- that same style of music, but updated. And I love what these guys are doing. Do you know what I mean? Giovanni, um, Scuff, they're all making this music. Don't slag something off because it's got a tag. We didn't give it that tag. The media did. Right. Well, yes and no. I've seen certain CDs back then where people were pushing that intelligent thing. Where, where it came from, I'm not, I'm not too sure. But I, I, I always thought people had a bit of an issue with people like Photek and Source Direct. It was more of the white people coming in making Ooh. kind of at different time signatures, no, 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 that no. kind of stuff. Do you Look, not think it was that? Do you no. know what? Do you know what? Let's not go with the colour thing. And I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm not knocking yeah, yeah. you. Let's not go with the colour thing, yeah? This is what I hate. With, yeah, and, and yeah, this yeah. is not you. I'm just going to talk in general as someone who's yeah, 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 a person sure. of colour, yeah? Let's not go with the colour thing, yeah? yeah? When, Whenever I've made music, I've played music, we've not, I've not worried about what colour you are on the stage. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what? When I walked off, the first person that ever said anything to me, when I came off the stage and I didn't, and I didn't even realise who it was, yeah. I came off the stage and he went, ah, oh, uh, Mad B, that was a wicked set over at um, Leibridge Road. Yeah. So I'm walking off anyway, my mate's gone to me, you didn't know who that, who that was, didn't you? I went, yeah, it's DJ. Just kept walking, because it was Cole Cox. Yeah, nice. Just respected you off, and I was like, oh, all right, so it's Cole Cox. Yeah? Every person I saw after that, I didn't say to myself, oh, you know what? We're the black people in this industry, so there's two types of people. Yeah. No, there isn't. There's no colour in this industry. People need to stop this bullshit, man. Music is about music. Music is, is to bring people together. If you've got a problem with that, don't be a part of this industry. Because we're not about that. Music I think that's is about no colour. You know? I think it's wise words. I think everyone has... Well, not everyone. I think different people have different... Um, I guess views as to how that was back then yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and views yeah. as to how that yeah. is now Look, uh, there's, as well. There's things that are going on now that I'm hearing about, yeah? Yeah. And people are saying to me like, yeah, but like, this person's winning this award all the time. And look, I'm not sure what's happening, but I'm going to tell you this now, yeah? My aim now is this, yeah? Is to try and bring as much unity to this organisation or to, when I say organisation, to add to the British UK dance music as I can. And I, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it, but that's my aim. It's not about colour. Colour we've got to forget about. 
We've got enough problems in the world, man. Look at the Ukraine. Look at what's happening around the world. We've got to stop and say to ourselves, do you know what? At the end of the day, when I cut you and you cut me, what colour's your blood? We all bleed the same. We all bleed the same. So let's stop this colour thing because it doesn't help. It just causes animosity and animosity we don't need. That's me. Mine's words, my friend. See you, uh, you know, chilled out as we've got, we've got a little bit older. <laughs> but these are words, words. And I think yeah, yeah, this yeah. is worth, it's really nice to hear this as well. I think there's been a lot of focus on the, the things that, you know, uh, separate us. The wrong I think, things, Kev, the so wrong yeah. things, the wrong things, you know what I mean? And I, this is why, you know what? When I was stalling to come on this programme, yeah? I, when I was stalling, I, it's because if you get me at it and I start talking, I will just go off. Yeah, I will, I will just go off. In, and, and, you, and then at the end of the programme, you're thinking like, so where is it we started then? Because like, <laughs> I'm sure he went in that direction and we went in that direction. <laughs> but do you know what? It's I'm been a bit nice, out of practice myself, you know, so I think we've been... the best thing ever because like, it's been nice banter. Yeah, and that's yeah, what yeah. it needs to be. And this is why I'm saying to you, we've got to stop this colour thing, yeah. yeah? When I started making music, there was me, the black guy. There was Gary Bones, call him whatever you want. He was the white guy. There was Opium, the white lady. But we never looked at each other and said, you're black, you're white, you're this. We just got on with it, man. We made music. And that's what we've got to keep doing. As a music culture, we've got to keep saying, you know what, let's just keep the colour, let's just keep the whole colour thing out of it. Like, I know when I go on a holiday, I don't have to tap. But that's me, you know. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Uh, but I, what I do know is that certain labels have um, predominantly um, kept their roster white. So the, the, and has, that has raised a lot of eyebrows over, say, the last couple of years, maybe two or three years. I saw uh, something come up. I'm not going to mention the label. Right. I know one of the labels you're talking about. Yeah. And what I'm going to say to the label, if you're listening now, is this. Look at what you're doing and look at how upsetting it's becoming to certain people. Mm. Change what you're doing. Because... Jungle, drum and bass, house, it's not made just by black kids. It's made by everyone. There isn't a colour in music. So look at your roster. Look at the people that are buying your music. Are they racist? Mm. No, they're not. They don't know what you're doing. So change what you're doing. Because if you can change what you're doing, we might have a better world, man. Possibly. This has been an enlightening tour, <laughs> <isn't> <laughs> I feel, I feel like I'm a better person already. <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm joking. I'm keeping this lighthearted because, um, the, you know, this is a difficult subject to talk about. Deluxe no, will absolutely hang me for this because, um, you know, he, he absolutely called me out, especially after George Floyd and there was the blackout, you know, the everybody blacked out. At, um, you've got the whole thing, yeah? Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Okay, look, you've got your thing as people, yeah? And I know that most of you that jumped on that bandwagon jumped yeah. on it for a reason. But how about this, yeah? Why can't you say, yeah, that everybody matters? Doesn't matter whether they're black or white. Yes, I know what's going on with black people in America, yeah? But you know what? When black kids were getting killed here by police, I don't remember the Americans coming over and supporting us. I don't remember them doing that. Mm. And I'm not slagging the Americans off. There's, it's a two-way stream, if you understand what I'm saying. If you're going to jump on board something, jump on board it for the real, for, for for the the right real and right yeah, reasons, yeah. yeah? Black Lives Matter as a movement, I'm sorry, you're not for me. That's just me. That's my opinion, yeah? Like, we can do things better than this. Yeah. I, I, I actually agree with you on that, and I'm not sure it... Some parts, yes, some parts, no. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. cool, that's fine. 
as a as a collective of what we do here, it has always been about unity. It's always been, um, you know, showing respect to both the black, the white, whatever. It's just about the music here as but well. How about but this? Why don't people just look at it like this, yeah? yeah? Don't look at it as, oh, guess what? Jungle might have been made by a black guy. Look at it as this. People are making music who enjoy what they do. There is one or two idiots within this, within this, within the whole dance spectrum that think, oh, you know what? I've got, I had a silver spoon in my mouth. I can keep doing this. Yeah. Let them do what they're doing. Like we've got to try and keep the unity as one people. Yeah. That speech came from someone very famous years ago. One people. Yeah. He didn't care about colour, and I agree with what he said. And was that the the the, the thought basis behind One Nation Records as well? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Nice. <laughs> That's good to hear as well. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm glad you caught on to yeah. it anyway. <laughs> what made you put it down, I guess? Like you had a, a, a few labels running at the same time, you had radio running at the same time, and yeah. I think around 99 seemed to, was it the, the, sh- the change in music? Because obviously by 99 it was hard to uh, kind of do- uh, text yeah, that I, drum and bass. I, so. I kind of got, I didn't see, this is the thing, everyone thought I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But what I'd done was I'd let, I'd let Keyside go a bit dormant. Yeah. Yeah, and I stuck Ch- Chocolate City through the back door. Uh, no one okay. knew that Chocolate City was me. Now, the reason why I did this was because, again, I wanted to test the market. Yeah. And it worked. Nice. Now, some of them tunes were worth six, seven hundred pounds. As soon as I see it on Discogs, me I too. Said, oh, guess what? I've got that. Put it up there, bring the price down. Yeah. I'm not having my tunes selling for that stupid money, man. And and that's on brand new tunes that are coming out today yeah. as well, you know. Uh, and that's that kind of the, the way that the world has gone. It's just flipping items of you know of, but guess, of value across but guess the board. What? So guess what, Kev? Seriously, looking as, at you, Dan. As labels, uh, as people that have got labels, as people that are producers, the only way we're going to control this environment and stop those idiots from pushing our prices up is to make sure that when you press, yeah, try and hold a hundred records back. So as soon as then people think, oh, you know what, we're going to put this tune up for a hundred and pound. You put one up for the right money, keeps the price down. That's what I've done. The right reasons, always for the right reasons. So I'm going to play a tune now. We're just going to take uh, a quick break. We've got about 15 minutes left. Cool. And this is a tune that is just about to get, or I think it already has been repressed actually. So we had Steve B down here from um, Rake Records. And this is, this is the original, but this is the O1 for Mechatune, which is MBeat's new label. So this one is coming out, I already is out, but big up to you guys, big up to Steve B. Um, it's really good to see MBeat back. Well, he has done some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Champion love in the front. Don't get the 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 champion love
going to bring this one down. I'm going to play a quick tune that is forthcoming on a wicked, wicked new label called The Game. Um, so this is Jargonaut and Tim Reaper. This one is coming out quite soon, I believe. Shouts to the Juggernaut and this. Add to Timmy. Add to the Dub Clinique. Shouts to the Ben K. You're listening to Deja. 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 Once again, that is coming out on the game. Jargonaut and Tim Reaper, keep them peeled. Wicked, wicked new label. Loads of just amazing music coming out right now. I'll be putting the track list up at some point when we put the, the old podcast up as well. So if you haven't already, you need to go over to facebook.com forward slash the history of jungle show. Link us on there. Get us in your feeds. We're also on SoundCloud. Search Disrupt Records as on Insta as well. And we've got a brand new website coming soon as well. So we just keep following us. We'll be getting loads of stuff out soon. And going to have a quick chat with our guest again. We're going to wrap things up and I'm going to play you our forthcoming record that should be coming out in the next two or three weeks. And that has been getting some major support from uh, Dead Man's Chest, Greenleaf, Dub Clinique, loads and loads of guys. So 
again, Mad B. We've got a few minutes left. This has gone so, so quick. So apologies yeah, cool. to everyone you're going to do a DJ set, but we're going to get you back for that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's, 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 this guy chased me down. Yeah? <laughs> so I can't really get out of it now. I'm going to sound there now. Um, as soon as Kev's ready, um, get some more shows under your belt, because obviously this is your new thing, man. You've just come back. Yeah, get some yeah. more shows under your belt. Give me a shout. I, I promise you, I will come in and do a set for you. That is amazing. Um, so yeah, we've pretty much done a lot of the history there. It sounds like Chocolate City was running as well. Yeah, but then you brought Friends FM back as well. When was that? Was that uh, recently uh, or Friends, a couple of years? Uh, Friends FM camp, we've been back on for about two years now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just kept quiet. Yeah. I just kept quiet. I just thought at the end of the day, I'm going to get a team around me that's going to do what we did then. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got, I'd say, maybe 20% of our old DJs, if not nice. more. Um, we've got one of the youngest DJs in the country. Well, it's so young, Ashton J. Um, and I tell you what, when I say this kid can play music, this kid can play music. How old is this? Uh, he, was, he was 14 when he started with us. Oh no, he's amazing. Turned, he's just turned 15. And That's this, awesome. this kid can play music. Way above anything I've ever seen. Nice. Respect Ashton. This is really good to see. It sounds like, you know, it's hard to get the old gang back, if you know what yeah, I mean, as well. Is, so it's, that's a good sign that, you know, you treated well, them well. Look, so. I've got Steve B back, Jazz T, Silent Partner, who used to be um, Barry Blue from Gunshot Posse. No way. Um, nice. Fusion Groove is back. I've got Ernie B back, even though he calls himself something else. Yeah. And I've got the Fixer back. Now, that's, that, nice. that says that we must have done something wrong. I think it does. I think it does. So what's next? Or are you happy that you've got the radio back? And, and actually, was that like a, a COVID thing? Did you bring it back? No, no. Uh, I mean, we was, was we it came before back, that? No, we came back before COVID. COVID just made it better for us, to yeah. be honest with you. And to be quite honest with you, after all the BNS that the government brought yeah, out yeah, for that yeah. rubbish, I'm kind of glad we did come back on because yeah. people are, people, we're getting back old listeners, yeah. people that are enjoying what we're doing. So what I'll say is, I'll say this to you now on air, anybody, yeah? I don't care who you are, if you've got music and you want it played, you want a platform, either come to Deja or send it to Friends FM London at hotmail.com. I'll listen to it, the guys will listen to it. And if it's good enough, we will give you a play. I promise you that. I think that's a really nice thing to mention, actually. And it's the same with us as well. So even if it's not jungle related, we're obviously part of Deja and this is a big family here. Yeah, so I've is. got to big at the Deja family. It was so nice. We had a, we had a radio meeting on uh, Tuesday, yeah. um, which was our old set time. It was like <laughs> eight till 10. And um, and it was so nice to see the guys because it had been two years. Like we didn't, we didn't link time, with anyone. Man. Literally, it comes around the, <laughs> around the corner as soon as I'm talking. Uh, so big shout to Fire and Ice. <laughs> and um, and it was so ni- it was so nice to see the guys this week yeah. and realised how much we'd actually missed them and you know two years has just gone like that because we've been doing nothing right well, we've just you know been, what we're stuck in. I'm gonna say this now it's been a pleasure coming here today really really as um, I was last night I said on my show I said um, yeah I'm not looking forward to this interview tomorrow no no <laughs> no, no no because I thought yeah they're gonna rip me man they're gonna nah, like, man. no no I, I knew it was it's gonna be love. nice no 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 but you know what. Like I said, I don't really do interviews, you know what I mean? Steve yeah. B, uh, he's, he's, you can kind of say he's my manager in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know what, B, you've got to do this interview, so... Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't getting out of it. <laughs> I think there is no better way to finish this than chiefly with a plug for our own release, which is coming out in a few in a few weeks' time, yeah, I think, in about do. two or three weeks. So next Bandcamp day, basically, it's going to be coming out. Cool. Um, we chose this one specifically coming out because of the last two years things have been tough all around we needed to take a break as well um so the next release that's coming out for us is by a guy called dj chromes there's two amazing remixes on there that i still have to pinch myself that they are on board for this all the details are going to follow as i said before keep watching the socials but now more than ever this track is called love and unity roy it has been an absolute pleasure my friend listen man i'll see you soon Absolutely. And thank you to everyone for listening to our first show back as well. 
We'll be back in a month's time. Shout out to the DJ Chromes on this. Disruptrecords.bandcamp.com Keep them peeled for the next Bandcamp day. Special dedication to each and every woman and man. Right now you just get hurt.